The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. It is that time again. Welcome back to Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I have with me today Chad Garman, who is the Executive Director of Christian Initiatives for the YMCA of Central Florida. Man, he was with me back in the early part of 2020 in January, pre-pandemic, but welcome back, Chad. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here again. And and that seems like that was uh, more than just a few years ago. <laughs> it uh, does. It seems like a lifetime ago. Pre-pandemic is a, a whole nother lifetime. Yeah, it really was a crazy time. And we were not even in our studios yet at that point in time. I think I probably gave you a tour of the dust and all of the construction that was going on in here. But boy, in that day and age, we had no idea what the next couple of years had in store, not only for America, but for the whole world. Absolutely. And and I think that's a great lesson for us all to remember is we never know uh, what tomorrow will bring, uh, but we have a hope uh, and a promise uh, in our Lord. And so that's where we have our assurance and that's where we can rest. And we have to do that. If we don't, we, uh, we uh, get caught up and not knowing what uh, tomorrow would bring. So, mm-hmm. but it is great to be back with you. And it's great to see this beautiful studio and setup that you have uh, and all the great work that you do. Well, thank you so very much for that. We're honored to be here, honored to get to talk to people in the community like yourself, and really excited to be able to talk about the things that you're involved with because you're involved with an organization that historically uh, its name meant so much uh, of a different thing, let's just put it that way, than what it does to many in the culture today. There are some that would like, I am sure, and maybe even uh, those that might have some decisions that would like to see the name change to take that name Christian out. Because, Chad, we're living in what many are identifying as a post-culture, post-Christian culture. And it is, it's not always looked upon with a joy and gladness when we use the name Christ or Christian. But I'm so grateful you guys still have that. Well, and I'm really honored to to be able to have the position that I have at the YMCA of Central Florida to really love, serve, and care for our community, uh, much as Christ uh, would and has uh, continued to do. So that's really my role uh, at the YMCA is to help love, serve, care for our employees, our team members, mm-hmm. uh, but also for the community in general. And uh, that takes on a lot of different uh, uh ways that we do that. It looks differently in each of our centers, but uh, it really is being the hands and feet of Christ to our neighbors uh, and having the opportunity to have interactions with people that you know may or may not come to my church or your church on a Sunday morning, but it's still searching, uh, seeking uh, something, and uh, we can point them to uh, the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus through our work that we do at the YMCA every day. It's great. I really love your title that you're the executive director of Christian initiatives. So uh, obviously there's still a a very centric uh, purpose for what you're doing. You're focusing on taking the name of Christ and taking the values that we have as believers and, and really making them to be known to the members of the Y. Absolutely. But most people don't realize that the Y was started over 175 years ago uh, in London, England as a prayer movement. Uh, It was 12 guys uh, praying together, praying for one another, praying for their coworkers uh, who were all working in a drapery factory. uh, And people became came to know Christ through that effort. They grew out of that one location, and and uh, within a few, within five short years, they were a worldwide movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had come to the United States, started in Boston here, uh, in the United States, and and even in Central Florida, we're we're uh, over 130 years old here in Central Florida. Is that right? 130 years old. That's amazing. That's great. So really. Uh, it, the YMC has taken on a lot of different looks over those 175 years, uh, but really it comes down to serving our community and loving our neighbors well. Now, I know that you do more than just in the Orlando area. You cover on up into the uh, Ocala area, I believe. 
into Marion County, right? Yeah, so the Central Florida Y does make up the six-county uh, region. That does include uh, Marion County, and we go uh, all the way to uh, Osceola uh, and kind of everything in between and then go over to the coast uh, and pick up Brevard. Now, the whole makeup of the Y features uh, from a standpoint of what members get when they uh, sign up. Uh, give us just a quick rundown because we live in a day where exercise is obviously still a very big deal. And uh, in some in some age groups, maybe more so than ever right now. So you guys offer a whole lot in that area. Absolutely. And that's the that's kind of the the traditional uh, view of most of the YMCA uh, now is that the YMCA is a, a place to work out, a place to be healthy. Uh, and it is all of that, but it is so much more. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure we have uh, we have treadmills and uh, group exercise classes. But really, it's it's what's behind all of those things. So that group exercise class is definitely a place to become a healthier version of, of yourself mm -hmm. and take care of this body that God has given us. But it's also community. It's fellowship. Uh, it's being with others. Uh, and it's uh, oftentimes it's it's those people who when you miss a couple of classes uh, who you've met along the way who call you up. Uh, and say, Mike, we haven't seen you in a couple of days uh, and our couple of classes, and we just want to check on you. And how refreshing is that uh, for us to be able to uh, to do that for one another in today's uh, today's age where oftentimes we feel like we're isolated and alone uh, to be able to care for one another. Well, we have classes that are for seniors. We have uh, we have uh, young kids that uh, learn how to play their first sport at the YMCA. Is that right? No, and so families are coming together to, to learn how to play soccer uh, uh, or to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. uh, something that here in Central Florida is is greatly important for not just our kids to learn, but for all of us to learn to make sure that we're safe. Uh, and the YMCA has swim lessons for uh, all the way from the little ones at uh, at six months to uh, we can teach uh, we can teach adults to swim. Uh, as well. And so that's an important part of what we do to keep people safe here in Central Florida uh, around water. You know, it was in the 60s and I was a young man and I learned to swim at the YMCA in Evansville, Indiana. And that's the great thing about the YMCA is as I have these conversations with people, everybody has a Y story. Yeah. Everybody knows my kids grew up playing soccer at the Y. I learned to swim at the Y. I'm a member of the Y. Uh, and so the YMCA has this rich, rich history and a great opportunity to bring, and we continue to bring the community together uh, in a, a safe place, a, a place that is uh, family friendly uh, and welcoming to all. Now, you, you mentioned a while ago, you talk about the kind of, almost a sense of accountability and friendships that uh, go beyond just standing next to somebody at a treadmill, but really a, a sense of community. And that's what's what uh, the Lord wants for his people is that we are in a relationship one with another. Those one another's, there are over 30 of them in the Bible. And it's an important thing. And you can find that at the YMCA as uh, as a real benefit, right? Absolutely. And and you know, what the, what the Bible does teach us is that we are to be in community and the community may look a little bit different. Uh, and so we're not to be just, uh, we're not to be in community with everyone who looks exactly like us, or maybe even thinks exactly like us, but we are to be in our community. We're to, to love our neighbors. Uh, and the Y does provide that opportunity for, for everyone uh, to come together and to have an opportunity to have dialogue and to have conversation with uh, maybe someone that you've never, uh, you would never uh, have the opportunity to have that conversation with, mm -hmm. but you end up being at the Y uh, because you both work out uh, early in the mornings and you, uh, you get to see each other and you get to be in each other's lives and you get to ask how your kids are doing uh, and you, you find out how work is going and, and you just, you really have that opportunity to care for one another well. That's uh, wonderful. Chad Garman is who I am talking with. Chad is the executive director of the Christian Initiatives for the YMCA of Central Florida. And we did talk about uh, that pandemic, that word. Oh my goodness. It is, uh, it is going to and it'd be a happy day when we have to, when we can stop talking about it. I think there are many in the world that would like for that never to happen, uh, that day never to come, but I'm praying that it does. Uh, it is better now than it was back then. When you guys were hit with the throw of lockdown and maybe closure, I'm sure you guys had to close for maybe a month or so. 
Yeah, we were close for, I believe, right around eight weeks. Wow, two months. Yeah, that's that's about how long it was that we were kind of closed out of this very studio as well. And it is interesting uh, when you look back to see how many businesses uh, had to change in order to make it through that two-month period. And I, I'm sure that it was difficult even on your organization to uh, get through that time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we use the words like pivot and we use words like unprecedented times uh, when we talk about uh, what we were going through during the pandemic. And, and while uh, we often feel like some of those words are overused now, they really do ring true for what happened with uh, many businesses, including the Y, mm-hmm. uh, as we had to pivot uh, a, a, an organization that was used to welcoming uh, in some locations a thousand people a, a day uh, into a location to uh, go from welcoming a thousand of our neighbors to no one being able to walk in the door. Were there times that you guys talked about wondering if the doors would ever open again? We always had the we always had the faith that we would reopen. We just weren't sure exactly what that would look like. And even within those eight weeks, the the YMCA was able to to use that word pivot uh, to really to continue to serve our community. So, uh, one of the beautiful things that came out of that time was uh, many of uh, those who were were providing critical services for our community lost their childcare uh, as daycare centers as schools closed uh, and. And people weren't able to physically go to those places. The Y actually was able to step in and offer emergency child care uh, to those first responders, to those who were leading uh, the efforts uh, during the pandemic. And so, you know, that was one of the the pivot moves that the Y made to continue to be relevant and serve the community mm-hmm. and continue to be the hands and feet of Christ uh, for our neighbors during during that pandemic time. While we weren't being a we're, we're in a gym and people weren't coming in and using the treadmills, uh, we were keeping kids safe. Uh, helping them uh, with their schoolwork uh, and and keeping them safe while their parents uh, were serving in our hospitals or uh, were uh, paramedics or firefighters or or police officers uh, who were serving on the front lines during the pandemic. You know, you can't get away from the word woke or right now that its application to the Disney name. It's going on in the news all around us right now. And we're living in a time where that whole thing, that heart for watching over kids and keeping them safe, that's really paramount to this whole discussion because the Bible would teach that it's the role of parents to train up their children well and and really to watch over them. We're seeing a time right now in this culture, and I'm sure it's uh, its impact is being felt in organizations like the Y. Uh, where there's a real movement against those rights that parents have with their children, and I don't, I don't know if that's affecting you guys or if you feel the, let's say, the secular community pushback on who you are and what you do with regards to kids. Yeah. So interesting enough, the YMCA is is really about serving uh, kids in areas that are kind of. Uh, maybe the non-traditional way. So we are in, we're in after school programs, uh, again, keeping kids safe, keeping them off the streets, keeping them, uh, for many working families, that opportunity to have, uh, someone to, to make sure you're doing your homework, uh, isn't an option right now. Uh, and so the YMCA can step into those spaces and to provide a, a caring adult who would love, uh, a child who would love a middle school student, uh, and would, would teach them uh, the values mm-hmm. um, that uh, are important of of respect and caring and honesty and and as we as we teach those values through the y, YMCA programming, uh, we believe that we get better adults um, uh, in the future. But but we also we see things like uh, we see crime go down. We see uh, we see kids' grades go up, uh, and so the YMCA steps into those spaces that are not a gym, are, are not a swimming pool, but really are caring for those who are vulnerable, those who are precious in God's sight. Uh, and so that's you know, it's one of the things that we get to do at the YMCA each and every day through our before and after school programs for middle school and elementary age kids. Now, you mentioned the genesis of the Y was in England, in London. Is the Y still a real big factor overseas, like in Europe or England? 
So the YMCA is a worldwide movement. There's uh, the YMCA is found in 119 different countries across the world. Uh, and what's unique about the Y is it looks different every place you go. So even in here in the United States, the Y looks different as you travel from region to region, go from Y to Y, uh, and it's the same across the across the world. Uh, there's still places, uh, youth hostels, where uh, people can find housing uh, at, at YMCA's across uh, across the world. Not something that we do here in Central Florida, and, and really not even a lot here in the United States, but uh, is still a huge part of what y, the YMCA does in, in caring for for youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the world through uh, through hostel programs and uh, providing them with uh, with housing. You know, it really is funny you talk about a hostel because oftentimes hostels are, uh, it, that name is even off, rather off-putting at times to some people. They think, does that mean like hostile? No, it, it is a place for people to come and really strangers to have a place where they can spend the night and uh, reside temporarily. You know, our culture used to be, even here in America, well, there was a time that that was, an, that was a very common thing where people would open up their home to strangers. And that doesn't happen much anymore. No, it doesn't. And really that, that idea of community coming together and that, it, that you can form community anywhere. Uh, it doesn't, uh, it's not just in our churches or it's uh, not just in our schools, but that, that, Community can be formed organically uh, and even quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's one of the beautiful things that happens uh, when you uh, when you share a meal together. Uh, as another one of those um, uh, biblical examples of of that intimacy that you get in community uh, as you break bread together. Um, that idea of providing for the stranger, providing for uh, the alien um, who is on a journey, uh, is is part of the the worldwide wide movement. It's a beautiful thing to think about the fact that you can go to a Y for a workout or whatever, but it, you get, like you said earlier, you get so much more than just a place to work out, uh, more than a treadmill, more than a swimming pool. You have an opportunity to uh, develop friendships and, and actually in a safe way, talk to people around you. And uh, to some people that might feel a little uh, odd or uncomfortable, boy, it's a great thing when uh, you step out into those waters and get used to that. It's something that's so important. Absolutely. And, you know, we're also able to provide spiritual care for people who are on their their own spiritual journey. So we have volunteer chaplains in many of our locations here in Central Florida, and, and they're really point of need chaplains. So uh, when you get that phone call that you weren't expecting of, uh, of a loved one who's recently passed away, and maybe you are at the Y, uh, we have chaplains that are there oftentimes uh, who are willing to step into that space and pray with you and walk alongside that hearing that difficult news. Uh, and so that's really a blessing that we have uh, and an opp- great opportunity we have as a YMCA to step into those uh, those spaces and provide spiritual care for people um, at their point of need. Uh, so many people don't even have a pastor that they have a relationship with. And so our, our chaplains oftentimes are pastors, uh, but they also, they've, they've, they're able to be that pastor, mm-hmm. uh, that shepherd for someone in that point of need. And at that moment that their world seems like it's crashing down around them, they have someone um, that they can have a, a spiritual conversation, someone that's willing to pray uh, maybe with them. I think it's uh, great. I think it's awesome. The YMCA been around a long time. You said 170 some odd years, right? Yeah, a little more than 170. I think we're at 177 years, I believe. This wow. Year. Wow. And 130 years in Central Florida. So it's been here. Not a flash in the pan, my friends. I have with me Chad Garman from the YMCA, Executive Director of Christian Initiatives. We'll be back with Chad in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. What a fun talk with Chad Garman. Chad is the executive director of Christian Initiatives for the YMCA of Central Florida. How many counties? You said, what, six, I believe? So, yes, we do serve the six-county region of Central Florida, go all the way to Marion County. uh, and To uh, the north. To the north, and then to the south, we go uh, all the way to Osceola, uh, and then to the east, we pick up Brevard, and so kind of all of that. Uh, geographic area in between. Oh my goodness. That's a big area. I know you do. So you visit some of these sites regularly, right? 
yeah, I, that's one of my roles is I get to be, uh, to be on the road and to visit our sites and to really care for our members and care for our staff well. Now, I know that uh, you have in your own personal lives, though, some, uh, some big stuff that you guys are working through, and it has to do with an adoption. Yeah, so um, we are a blessed family to be uh, a blended family. We have two biological children, and we have two adopted uh, children as well. And a uh, great opportunity for us uh, a few years ago to, uh, to begin the adoption process. God had laid it on our hearts uh, to, be, uh, to be in this, uh, this adoption world. And, uh, and through that, we, we are blessed to have uh, now two uh, adopted children. Hmm. So a little, over, uh, a little over eight years ago, we brought home uh, our, uh, our son, from South Korea. That was a very long process for us to uh, to adopt him. Did you have uh, biological children by that point? We did. So we have uh, we have a couple, we have two older 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 children as well. Chad, you look way too young. Uh, you're already uh, surprising me on this thing, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- thank you. Uh, yes, we do. We have uh, we are blessed to go from uh, VPK all the way through a freshman in college. What? So our family is very diverse. Oh my goodness, that's something. That's something. Yeah. So a little over uh, a little over eight years ago, we had the mm-hmm. opportunity uh, to adopt our son from South Korea. Again, it was a, a very long process. So anyone who's been in uh, in the adoption process knows that oftentimes uh, it is. Uh, very long uh, and very complicated. Uh, lots of paperwork, especially on the international adoption side. Not to mention expensive. Uh, it is that as well. And uh, you, you really, you, you have to be called uh, to, to, do, uh, to do adoption, uh, to, just to even get through uh, mm-hmm. kind of that initial stage. And so as we had that opportunity uh, to bring home our son from South Korea, uh, we felt like we would be, uh, we were complete as a family of five uh, with uh, our two oldest uh, children and then uh, our newest addition. Uh, he was a little over one years old when uh, we were able to bring him, uh, bring him home and, mm-hmm. and welcome him into our family. And, and uh, I love this part of the story that everything was just going well. Everything was great for us. And, uh, and then we got a phone call. Hmm. And that phone call was uh, from our adoption agency that we hadn't had any uh, conversations or, or contact with for uh, three or four years at, at that point. It had been a while, uh, but they shared with us some incredible news that was life-changing for us uh, and that uh, our son has or had a, uh, a biological sibling and they were calling to uh, find out if we would be interested in adopting her so that they could continue uh, to be together uh, as uh, as siblings, and so we we had no idea. Uh, she was six months uh, old at that time and uh, was just becoming eligible to be adopted uh, from South Korea, and uh, so we had the opportunity to to bring them together and for them to be uh, brother and sister. Isn't that something? And and this was how long ago they this occurred? So this occurred about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's been here uh, about three and a half years now, and uh, and so that opportunity, uh, really, what was uh, what was a blessing for us is my wife and I had had the conversation long before, uh, and it it was a conversation that we had had as a hypothetical. Uh, if our adoption agency ever called us and said that our son had a biological sibling, what would we do? Mm-hmm. So we had this conversation. It was kind of a, uh, a theoretical conversation, if you will. And we said we would do everything that we could to, to possibly uh, have the opportunity for him to have a, a biological sibling uh, to grow up with. And, um, and so when the adoption agency called and said that this was a possibility and, and would we be interested they um, they asked us to make a decision within three days mm-hmm. of of whether or not we felt like we could do it. And I I told our our caseworker at the uh, at the time I said, "Can I have three hours?" I said, "I I just need to get to my wife. Um, I think I know the answer, uh, but I need to I need we need to have this conversation." 
And we, uh, I met her at a uh, doctor's appointment that she was at, and she was very surprised to see me uh, walk into the waiting room. And uh, she felt like something was wrong. And I, I told her, "Hey, I, I just, I need, I need to tell you some about an amazing opportunity." And um, I shared with her that we had been asked to uh, to bring another child into our family through adoption, and through, um, uh, we both sat in. Uh, in that waiting room, and begin to weep and cry. Mm. And, and I was going to say, what was her uh, response? Uh, we were we were both uh, excited uh, and blessed and scared uh, all at the same time. And as we looked around in that waiting room, we could see that um, other people were listening. It wasn't oh, was yeah. a waiting room, yeah. and other people were were, were crying. And uh, and just a beautiful story of what adoption is, and how we all have been adopted into. Uh, the family of Christ and what that what that means for us as individuals, mm-hmm. um, and and to be able to live that out uh, here on earth uh, is an honor uh, as a father. You know those kids of yours now, two of them adopted, and finding out that they're both uh, biological siblings that that's got to be so special for them if they. When they grow up and get their understanding around all of that, how that that was not just a happenstance. You guys desired this. You love them. You sought them. Uh, even with given the opportunity, it brought great joy to your guys' hearts. All of that is such a beautiful picture about what adoption is. Like you just said, we are all adopted into the family of God. And think about the great extent of of uh, effort and value and cost that, that the Lord spent on us, on our adoption. It's just amazing. But he did it for the joy of the Father. He loved the Father. And for God so loved us, the world, that he gave his only begotten son. That That is just an amazing, wonderful picture. So thank you for not only being willing to do it, but I think there's this thing called joy and satisfaction and delight that a lot of people don't enter or even enter into the discussion about an adoption with that level of excitement. It's it's really fun. It's really great. It absolutely is. And it's, a, it's an incredible journey uh, and the opportunity that we have to provide a loving home for a child. Uh, I, I can think of no greater calling. Uh, than to care for uh, someone who doesn't have a, a father or doesn't mm-hmm. have uh, an earthly mother or an mm-hmm. earthly father, uh, and to be able to to point them towards their heavenly father and what their heavenly father has done for them exactly through uh, through what Christ has done for us. Now you have four now, so do you feel like that's it? Are you guys, uh, you think the quiver is full? Uh, man, I'm, I'm a very tired man. Uh, and so, yes, I, I, we, we, we believe that we are done. Yes. Uh, but, uh, it is a great joy to, to have, uh, um, someone in a college freshman, but also the joys of, um, being in, um, the, the VPK world or, or getting ready to start kindergarten next year. Yeah. You're sounding like you have the same range between your youngest and oldest that Cindy and I do, which we had 14 years from our oldest to the youngest. So that sounds about right. That's about right. That's crazy. And I can tell you right now, we have four as well. And it, that the youngest and the oldest are really dear friends. And so that is a a wonderful thing to see happen, blossom in our own family, uh, that they're not just siblings, but they are each other's best friends and they stay in touch with each other. And so, yeah, as a parent, this is really delightful. And isn't it sad, Chad, uh, knowing what you and your wife have gone through, uh, the extent and the investment financially, time, love, heart because it's sometimes uh, it's it's an investment of our heart it's tough work to uh to make the decisions and to watch over all this but you do all of this uh and you do it and then it's hard for me as a parent to look around and see parents who who really don't want to be with their kids they don't realize the gift that their children are to them Uh, you're an inspiration man and i want to say thank you for being that well, thank you, and and like we we do take heart 
what the Bible tells us to care for widows and orphans. And uh, as I look at, at, at that passage, I, I don't see that um, it's, it's an option for us. Uh, now, it might look different for each of us, but we are to care for those who are vulnerable. Uh, and so our family has chosen to do that by welcoming uh, two children into our family and, and, and counting them as uh, counting them as part of our family and as our children. Uh, but for others, you still can be a part of uh, the adoption story through helping other families who are thinking uh, are who are thinking about being a, a foster parent or thinking about uh, adoption, and, and we can support others who are on the journey of adoption. And so that's really, uh, that's really the message that we've been sharing with people, uh, all along is that it was the, it was the community coming together that mm-hmm. supported us and helped us through fundraising, um, f- uh, especially to bring home, uh, our youngest. We weren't expecting that. That was, that was, uh, an added, uh, expense that we were not, ex- that we were not expecting. And so the community really rallied around us, mm. uh, and provided for Made us that easier and provided, yeah, provided for us in ways that, um, don't seem humanly possible. Uh, but it was really the work of God and his people being obedient to, to the verse, uh, of caring for, uh, caring for orphans and uh, through people choosing to do that uh, by giving of their time and giving of their resources uh, so that we could uh, fulfill what God had called us to do and welcoming that child into our family. So obviously helping financially, that's a big thing. Individuals can do that. Are there any thoughts that you have about the whole makeup of um, America's adoption process that uh, could be improved radically by maybe people or churches or civic organizations, anything like that? Absolutely. So while our adoption was not uh, a domestic adoption, we, we had we'd chosen the, the international uh, adoption route. Uh, I, I would say that the, the, the church in America, this is our opportunity to step up. If we uh, would be the church uh, for families, uh, and if we would have and use our resources to bring children into loving families uh, and support those families who want to be in adoption, who want to foster. Uh, there is just great uh, joy that comes from that. And if the church could be the church to those families and love and support and care, we would no longer have uh, an orphan crisis here in the United States. Uh, we could easily, as the church, just the Christian church, mm-hmm. we could solve the problem if we would adopt children hmm. as the church. What do you think is the biggest hindrance to that happening? Is it lack of knowledge? Is it lack of willingness? Is it uh, some other, is it just the work of the enemy? What do you think? You know, it's got to be a little bit of all of that. Uh, I think there's, for some, there's still a stigma uh, around adoption. Uh, and we have to break down some of those stigmas. Uh, and we have to give the opportunity for kids to learn and grow and thrive uh, and to and to become everything that they can be for the Lord. Uh, and so we can do that as Christian families mm-hmm. when we care for the widows, when we care for the orphans, when we step into those spaces of loving those who are without a mother and a father. Mm. Beautifully said from Chad Garman. Chad, you know, you've got uh, this range of kids, again, about 14 years. You've got, it, like you said, VPK, uh, three, four-year-old, all the way up to college. That is, you know, you're dealing with things on all ends of the spectrum and in between as well. It's a crazy time. It's an important time in your life, and it's hard to think about it, but the day will come. And this is what Cindy and I have experienced, where the youngest uh, crosses the 30 point and you go, what in the world happened? You, and it's because you're so busy caring for these wonderful kids and having a blast loving life as you do. Uh, the years will melt by. So enjoy. Savor the moments, my friend. We'll definitely do that. That, that feels like that's a very long way away for us right now. <laughs> right. But we uh, we do love the opportunity that we have before us.
Oh, that's so great to hear. And it's a wonderful story. And I really do thank you for sharing it. Give us the details again before we go here about the YMCA and uh, the different locations. Maybe just give a, a rundown for the, the spots where people, where features are are given maybe in some places where they're not available in others. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the best place uh, to go would be to check out our website, YMCA cf.org and that would get you uh, to your closest ymca Uh, there's a a find us location there uh, and you can begin to check out what uh, amenities would be available for you Uh, if you're looking for that facility a a place to get healthy uh, in in a healthy community uh, then the ymca uh, is there for you we have many of our locations have pools uh, and so if that's something where, you, you know, you need a little bit more uh, of a easier on the joints uh, or looking for an opportunity uh, for fellowship with uh, with a group exercise class uh, and to be in community, uh, you know, we range anywhere from uh, uh, stretch classes to uh, the high intensity workouts uh, that are available. We also many of our locations have uh, things that are specifically catered for seniors. So uh, if you're if you if your health care Medicare allows for like a silver sneakers type product, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, many of our locations take that uh, and you can come and and be a part of what's going on at the Y um, at at no cost or low cost. If you if that's a part of your benefits uh, through uh, through silver sneakers or some of those other programs. So uh, a lot of uh, of programming that's available to the to the senior population. Uh, And so we we have programming from uh, from kids all the way through seniors. Boy, that's a wild demographic right there, the whole age span, and it's really great. Chad Garman, thank you so very much for being with us here today on Afternoons with Mike. And we wish you the best, wish you your your family the best as well, especially in this wonderful season that we've just come through, uh, Resurrection Sunday, and all of uh, the life that we have in Christ. Uh, it's being celebrated daily in, in families like yours, and we're grateful. Well, thank you again for the opportunity to be here to share our story uh, and to really uh, to highlight the, the opportunity that is before us to love and serve and care for our neighbors well. All right, Chad Garman, God bless you, man. And we'll be right back here on the Shepherd Radio Network on Afternoons with Mike. Back again for segment three here on Afternoons with Mike. I have with me today in the studio, Paula Williamson from Christian Victory Academy. First of all, welcome, Paula. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your school. It's on the southeast side. And lo- it, it is a school that has a, about 75 students in it. That's wonderful. Yes, it's in the southeast side over in Conway area. Um, June will be 25 years ago I started the school And we started very, very small, mainly just a private school for homeschooling families. Mm -hmm. Um, I homeschooled two of my three children for 14 years. And at that time, the law was... Ah, I was going to say the sunset law and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. The law was at that time, you had to register with a private school or your children had to go to school, to, to private or public school. And at the time, I was a single mom. This would be in the 80s, right? Yes. Probably so. And that's when we moved down. I'm sorry. It's a 1990s. Okay. Yeah, the 90s. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So when we moved down here in 85, mm-hmm. that's when we began homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we saw um, we saw all of those things that you were talking about. Yeah. All of those, um, let's say, um, re- pushback, resistance. Um, confusion by a lot of educators Mm -hmm. that thought that what we were doing was not cool and maybe even should be reported as truants. I mean, all of that was going on. That's one of the main things I would always talk to the parents that joined our school about because we were counted as truant if our children were outside at that time uh, when I started the school. And so we were a private school covering for that. 
And I would tell parents, if you if a, an officer stops you and asks you, what are your children doing at the park? Then tell them you are registered with a private school and give them our name and they can call us to verify that. Mm-hmm. And that was helpful for parents mm-hmm. back in that day. Yes. Now, you know, things have relaxed a whole lot mm-hmm. as uh, time has gone on. And the pandemic, if it didn't in, uh, do anything else from a positive standpoint, one thing that it did is it brought the whole light of homeschooling into a new mindset, I guess, from the public. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. So that's at least if we can't think of anything else about it, we can do that. And we can say, well, there's a whole bunch of people who homeschooled whether they wanted to or not. That's right. And uh, I'm not sure how much in the same heart of homeschooling a lot of parents uh, were involved with the way that I know God had led you to do it. Mm -hmm. But when you did this and now it was in the 90s, as -hmm. you said, Mm -hmm. uh, again, a lot has changed, but a lot has stayed the same because you're teaching kids uh, a, a, an educational philosophy mm-hmm. that is based upon the Bible right. and takes the Bible very seriously. And we, we all know that in public schools, uh, that is far from the truth. Yes. Yes, we do. And that on our on-campus program, that's one of the first things that we do every morning. We start our morning K through 12th grade with devo- devotions. Mm-hmm. And it's not always Christians that's there. So we're planting seeds also. So you have believers and non-believers yes, all sir. part of uh, your school. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes. And um, I I personally have led some uh, teenagers to Christ. Wow. So it's, yes. That, that just, so it has an evangelistic uh, uh, aspect to it. Yes. Well, tell me how and, and what happened in your life that gave this vision to you to do what you're doing. It's It's all God's doing. It was not my dream. It was not my idea. Um, my husband left our family 26 years ago. And I had small children at the time. We'd been homeschooling for just a few years at that time. And so I got a job at a uh, curriculum bookstore. And the owner allowed me to bring my children in the back room and homeschool them when there were no customers in the store. So I worked there for about three years and got to know curriculum. And then the owner decided to close it. And a friend of mine said, well, you need to open up a school. And of course, I told her she was crazy. Yeah, that would never work. <laughs> Who am I? You know? Oh, my goodness. Um, so she and I know she was a praying woman. I got to know her when she came into the store a few times. Her name is Debbie. And so she um, came like two or three different times and said, you know, I really prayed about this, Paula. And uh, God's just told me to tell you, you really need to consider opening up a school. And uh, the next two times, I told her she was crazy. (laughs) So the fourth time, she said, I'm just not letting up on you because God's not letting me go on this. She said, you need to really pray about this. I said, well, maybe I need to be a little specific with God and ask him specifically if I should be opening up a private school. So I did that. The next morning, I got on my face to the Lord. The store was closing. I had two small children to support. And this is a bookstore again. It's a bookstore. We know Mm -hmm. that uh, back in that time, Amazon and all the whole new way of books. uh, Things uh, were changing. Yeah, brick and mortar places were going away. Yes, and this was one of them also. Mm -hmm. Even curriculum bookstores for homeschooling families. Mm -hmm. So um, I felt a real peace come over me whenever I was praying. So Debbie came back in the store the next day and she said, are you, have you prayed about this? I said, yes. And I really believe God wants me to do this because I told God, <laughs> complete I said, turnaround. Yeah. Because I told God, I said, okay, if you want me to do this, you have to show me how to do this because I don't have a clue. I have no idea. I do not know the state laws. I know them for homeschooling, but not for a private school. I have no idea to how to get one even going. I know about curriculum, but that's again, mm-hmm. all I know. She said, okay, now that you're in on God's plan for your life, (laughs) she said, there is a gentleman who has a workshop only once a year. I know him and it's done at Bach Tower, FCCPSA, and he has a workshop on how to train private school people that are interested in opening Mm -hmm. up private schools, training them on the law and how to get it all started up and going. Get you a babysitter for Saturday. It's this coming Saturday. I'll pay for it for you. It's only $15, but get you a babysitter and we'll go and spend the day. I'll go with you. Wow. And it started. 
that's a real friend right there. Yes. Yes. You know, when you think because, about it. Because there were a few times when she said, you need to pray about this. My first reaction was, uh, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> but then the fourth time I thought, maybe I should be specific with God and ask him. You know, you had so many things facing you yes. that were challenging. I mean, it was one thing to have, uh, a, 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 like you said, a, a husband that left. Yes. You're a single mom mm-hmm. and you're trying to educate your own children yes. in homeschooling. Now, those are two major things mm-hmm. going on that are not simple things at all. No. I mean, uh, homeschooling, even in a nuclear family that's together, is still challenging and yes. difficult. Yes. But you were doing it alone, and then you've got this arrangement that is working, and then strike number three, that place is going to shut down. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of all of that, the Lord is blowing up this idea of not only continuing to do what you're doing, but expand it and to make a school out of it. And ab- about a month before that, I had just found the scripture, Isaiah 54, 5, where he states, he is our husband. And so in my prayer time, I changed a lot of things and there were, um, and it still is still to this day when things come up and I just don't know what to do. And there's many times like that. I say, Lord, now remember Isaiah 54, five, like he needs to be reminded. (laughs) But, um, I say that to him, you're my husband. You have to show me how to do this. You protect me and you provide for me. Mm-hmm. Because there were many, many times where I wasn't quite sure the school was going to make it financially, but he always came through. Let's, let's go backwards just a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your life. How did you come to know the Lord? What happened in your life that brought that about? I had uh, my first daughter. She was three years old. And I had been away from the Lord. I'd been away from church for like mm, six years or so. And my mom, she told me, she says, you're, you're going to be 21 soon. You need to have a home for your daughter. So she has a place to live mm-hmm. instead of st- living in an apartment, a place to play. So you had become a young mom. Then. Mm, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told my mom, I said, you're right. So we were looking at homes and I moved in on my 21st birthday. And I went to a church down the street, which is the church I was raised in. Okay. But I hadn't been for quite some time. And I went one Sunday morning and when I was I was growing up in that church, but it was th- at the time period when um your mom would lean over and say it's time for you to walk down the aisle and you just go, "Okay. I yeah. was raised in a military family. You didn't question." Yeah, right. You, you just, just did. did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what salvation was all about really. So I went to, back to the church and I just, I just felt such a need for him, a need. I have this home, I have this little girl, and I just had a great job at that time. I was working full-time at that time. And, but I just felt a need for him, mm-hmm. you know, just for him. And I said, Lord, you, got to, you have to be my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of everything I've always done and my future, whatever I do. But made I, a big difference, I huh? I need, need you desperately. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I need you desperately. And I tell him that still today. Uh-huh. I need him desperately still. Even with the children grown and gone and grandchildren and so forth, I need him desperately. Well, he has been a faithful mm. God to you and serving in that role, obviously for you as well as as your husband. Yes. Uh, and what a what a friend he is, closer oh. than any brother as the scripture yes. says. So the school itself now, it's gone through all of these changes. Mm. It started off with just your children, and uh, then the day comes and more parents are uh, expressing interest to you, and more you had, you, you, probably, you and, probably have had a lot of expansion Oh, times. yes. Well, there were a few times a few parents came to me in high school when my children got to high school level, and they said there was two other moms that came to me, and their daughters were friends of my daughter, and they said, it's time for Algebra 1, and I don't know what to do. I can't teach it. And I said, I can't either. I said, you know what? Let's just, let me call some friends of mine and find out if they have any children at Valencia mm-hmm. at college, and I'll hire them. We can all hire them, and they can come over. You know, one student can come over on a Tuesday, one on a Friday. 
teach three lessons one day, two lessons the other, and get five lessons done a week, and we'll all pay her $10 an hour or him. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first class at my house. Yeah. (laughs) And then there was a a few other moms that said, hey, can't we have classes where the school is? Because we we were renting space out of a church at the time. And so I got that, got with a pastor, asked him if we could do that. Yes, we could do that. And you know how that process goes. Mm-hmm. You got to make a proposal to the church and all that good stuff. So we started out with high school classes. And then we went like two years later, we went and some middle school moms asked me if they could have classes. And some moms had degrees. This one can teach that. This one can teach that. And then about five years in, we got nationally accredited. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. So you've met all of the uh, bells and whistles mm-hmm. that needed to be uh, met, and you've got the kids that mm-hmm. are uh, taking these classes, and they they've got the standardized testing at yeah. the end of the year. We do that, and so you you basically know where they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm betting they did a lot better than what the national average is. Yes, were. yes. And I always said I never want to have classes for kindergarten or first grade. I'm my passion is homeschooling, and Every time I would pray about that, the Lord would always say, whose school is this? Mm-hmm. Because I've come to realize homeschooling is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Not every mom or dad can homeschool. Yep. Not every child can be homeschooled. So now it's kindergarten through 12th grade. <laughs> so you have it all the way through. We have it all the way through. We've had online courses, uh, our, own, our own online course for the last 10 years. Plus, we still have our home education program. So we have three different programs. That's amazing. And you can mix and match them. Well, this is an inspiring story, Paula. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Tell us the website. www.christianvictoryacademy.org christianvictoryacademy.org and uh, you and the school are one of our christian business sponsors as well thank you for that for uh, taking part in this and the shepherd is just so honored to have you here on my program and uh, and to find out that this uh, another pocket of education going on right in the central florida area through Christian Victory Academy. It's happening, and people can find out about it. Again, christianvictoryacademy.org. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. And friends, thank you for joining us as well. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.